DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in Kalen Hall, former BYU running back. His son, Jaron Hall, is now BYU's starting quarterback. Kalen joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Kalen, good morning. And good morning. Caleb, before we jump in too deep here into your son and, and current things, I'm just curious, when you played, did you ever have anything negative to say about pretty boy quarterbacks? <laughs> no, no, because I always aspired to be one, so I was jealous. Therefore, I always looked up to our quarterbacks. So uh, I love the quarterback position, and we had some great ones when I played. They were all great guys, and so it was easy for me to rally around them. So, no, I did not. <laughs> One of the things that jumped out at me uh, when I listened to the coaches and particularly uh, Jalen speak, he's talking about how he'd been there for four years, and this is his fourth year. And I think that we forget that he's been in the program, and and, Aaron Roderick has been there all most of this time, that he's been in the program this long. And it reminds me of what Robbie Bosco told me years ago, that when they had the assembly line of quarterbacks, it was – you come on campus, you probably redshirt, you back up for a couple years, and then you're ready to go. And we know there was a run there when those guys, when they got their chance, they hit the ground running. Uh, as far as Jalen being in the program this long, how much do you think that he is ready? Because even though he doesn't have a ton of experience, he's been around for a good while. Yeah, Jaron has been in the program. This is his fourth year. Um, it's and, and from my personal opinion, it, it definitely helps because you're familiar with the coaches, you're familiar with the system, you're familiar with uh, your surroundings, and you're just comfortable with all things BYU football. Therefore, uh, you don't have to deal with the stresses of learning a, a system. You only are in the position to where you're applying the processes that you've been put in place for X amount of years, and it makes the whole uh, movement of being the guy a lot easier. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, w- I would have to agree with Robbie. Uh, you know, in, in today's era, you know, everyone's concerned about right now instant gratification, whereas sometimes it's okay to wait. Sometimes yeah. it's okay to sit and watch. Aaron Rodgers had to sit and watch behind uh, Brett Favre for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, he turned out to be a pretty good quarterback. So, <laughs> Kalen Hall joining us. And I'm curious, uh, with Jaron, how much of an advantage is it to have a dad who played high-level football and to get that coaching when they're young? And how much is all of that overblown? How did it work out for you and Jaron as, as he progressed? Uh, you know, I, I think it really depends on, you know, how much uh, information and knowledge that, that player has because not every player is a good coach uh, and sometimes it's not good to coach your sons but uh, I will honestly say that since Jaron was eight years old you know I was his coach and and uh, you know I, I kind of prided myself in knowing a little bit uh, about the game and I also took Jaron to people who were uh, more informed at the position than I was uh, I always thought that you know coming to BYU I came to BYU because it was a pass first offense when I was a power eye back because I always wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to expand, you know, my skill set. Therefore, when my son was growing up, I noticed very early on that, you know, he had some natural talents and gifts throwing 
uh, balls in general. Started off with a baseball. And uh, I, I love Peyton Manning. So the first jersey that Jaron wore was number 18, was Peyton Manning's jersey. Because I always loved the fact that, you know, Peyton could process and disseminate information quickly. And he, uh, he often gave the ball to multiple receivers. You know, he dispersed the ball according to who was open. And, uh, you know, he was a quick study. And, you know, I, I, I was very intrigued with that because, you know, I was, I was a cr- analytical thinker and I always thought about the game, you know, two, three plays ahead. And I got into coaching because, you know, I just love the ins and outs of football. So to be a dad who has a little bit of knowledge that has a good relationship with your kid, I think is very helpful. I mean, if you go by it the, the right way. So, yeah, I, I think there's some pluses and minuses to that equation. So one of the knocks on was a couple years ago is he had the injuries. And I'm of the Aaron Roderick school that he's not injury prone, at least he hasn't shown it, because it's not where you're getting hit and a routine play. They were the concussion deal. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as him and the injuries being able to make sure that he's healthy? Because in order to play, obviously you got to be out on the field. Yeah, I and, and I agree with Aaron. I You know, there were some – some fluke plays that took place, you know, some bad luck. Uh, Jaron's played football for an awful lot of years. He's never been injury prone. Uh, but what I will say is this, you know, the more information you're able to accumulate and uh, the more uh, football IQ you, you acquire, you know, the quicker things are processed, the quicker the ball gets out, the better choices and decisions you make on the field. But you're going to play football. You're going to be instinctive. And so I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. Uh, you know, a lot of people made a lot uh, to do about that because that's the only thing that a lot of folks have to conversate about, right. you know, considering the body of work and the timeline that he's had on the field. So, no, it's, it's a non-issue in my son's eyes. It's a non-issue in the coaching staff's eyes, and it's definitely a non-issue in my eye. I've been there. I've played. I've, I've had concussions uh, in the past. I've had a couple of over 30 years of playing football. You know, it's just a process that unfortunately happens sometime, but you can't really put yourself into a position where you need to worry about it. So, Kalen Hall joining us, former BYU running back, father of BYU starting quarterback, Jaron Hall. You say that doesn't concern you. Uh, you are a dad, and you do know a lot about football. So what does concern you? Uh, honestly, <laughs> really there's not a lot that concerns me because at the end of the day, things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. Uh, either you put the time in and you put that time and apply it to uh, practical applications of things that are going to help you to be successful. And if you don't put the time in and you don't execute, then you're not going to be successful. So, you know, I, I kind of am a black and white guy when it comes to success or failure, because at the end of the day, you can only do so much. Um, and for me, uh, and it's kind of the same thing I told Jaron. I said, I've always had faith and confidence in you because this is a process that we've always talked about since you're eight years old. You know, it's not like we're surprised that you're in the position that you're in. You know, it's the process of allowing things to work out the way ultimately they were supposed to work out. You know, we're a faith-driven family. And if things are supposed to work out the way they have, then, hey, that's what they're supposed to do. And if they're not, then we're going to be okay with whatever comes out of this, this journey that we're on. You know, Jaron's worked extremely hard. Uh, his teammates have worked extremely hard. There's some phenomenal uh, individuals that are in that quarterback room with him. I love those kids. They're all 
just magnificent young men. But at the end of the day, you can't concern yourselves about worrying about things that are negative. My mindset is always about being positive, about moving forward, about putting your best foot forward, and then being okay at whatever those results may be. So he's a Utah County kid, and obviously you being his father played at BYU. When he was growing up, we hear a lot of these kids who just dream of playing in the stadium and being the quarterback if that's what they should play of their position. Was that your son's situation? Did he dream of being a BYU football player and being the starting quarterback? Absolutely. Uh, First and foremost, it started with his mother and I. You know, we, we both. Uh, participated in extracurricular activities at BYU. Um, then it went on to his older brother, KJ, who was a phenomenal athlete there. Uh, and it was always from from my knowledge that he always wanted to be at BYU. And it's just like, it's about our, it's about our core principles as, as, as uh, people, you know, is the foundation of what BYU is all about. That's who my son is. He is a, he is a BYU guy. You know, sometimes you hear, well, this kid is a BYU kid. Jared's always been a BYU kid. You know, and for me personally, you know, uh, it's it's good for some, it's not so good for others. But for Jaron, he's always been a BYU kid. He's always had dreams of playing and participating and going and attending BYU. And that's just something that, you know, was bred in him from a very young age. And he took it and he ran with it. Uh, and so he's the fourth kid that we have now at BYU. You know, my son Dawson is a baseball player. He'll start this fall. And I have a son, Kyson, who's on a mission. He'll be there uh, after he returns playing wide receiver on the football team. So is this something that for Jaron, yeah, he's always, he's always dreamed of being the, the guy, the quarterback, playing in front of 70,000 fans and essentially being an a instrument in the hands of the institution for a greater good because, you know, he's a very well-rounded young man and he has a higher calling, we believe. And, and uh, you know, we'll just see how that turns out. So given the fact he always dreamed of being quarterback, was it pretty easy to give up baseball, or does he love baseball and that was hard to give up? No, I mean, he, he, I mean he's had a baseball bat in his hand since he was five years old, even before he played football. Uh, he, loved, he loved the sport, um, and he was, you know, was pretty good at it. I mean, some said that possibly he could have gotten drafted, uh, so I hear from several coaches and whatnot. But, you know, it was a difficult choice. But ultimately, you know, he really enjoyed – baseball but he absolutely lived for football i mean so you got to follow your passions and that football was his passion it was tough and difficult choice but uh, something that he knew that he needed to do to put himself in the best position that he possibly could be in so yes it was a difficult decision so i think part of the storyline if you're going to be a byu quarterback is you've got to work with John Beck and you've got to drive to Southern California uphill both ways and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that, hey, look, look. How did that go? <laughs> look, I, I don't get into all the melodrama. You know, we don't, you know, we're very simple folks. Uh, at the end of the day, the opportunity came to work out with John. It was an absolute must that we took that opportunity. Uh, Jaron had a phenomenal foundation, uh, Dustin Smith, uh, his his local quarterback coach, you know, he was with Jaron since he was in the seventh grade, and he did a phenomenal job of getting Jaron prepared to a certain point. Now, John is the master technician of quarterback training. You know, there were some things that we absolutely had to go to John for, and John did a magnificent job throughout the summer of working with Jaron, of putting things to a to a point where, you know what, 
it's a new voice. You know, maybe some of the things were similar, but he was just getting told them differently. But man, J- John did a magnificent job, and he put Jared into position where you know what his mechanics have been honed in. Uh, he his torque ratio has increased, his velocity and the ball flight off of his hands just started shooting out of his hands. And I mean, he always had a strong arm, but man, uh, accuracy has has been honed in. So you know what? We took flights back and forth to California. You know, we, we you know we invested in in, in in Jaron, and you know we weren't driving nowhere. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. I'm not, you know, Jaron to tell you, I, I didn't go to any of them. Actually, I didn't even go with him. But you know, his wife went out a couple of times, and and uh, Byron Rex and Isaac Rex were very good to Jaron, and he stayed with the Rex family, and. And uh, but it was a must, and he's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to work with John. John's a great guy, you know. He, uh, you know, no promises are ever made. You know, at the end of the day, only thing that you can promise is hard work and, and a process to see if things work out the way you want them to. So, so do you want that to be brought up on every broadcast all year long? Will that make you happy? Nah, 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 <laughs> nah you know what? Again, you know, at the end of the day, what I want to see after every broadcast, BYU wins the football game. That, that's what I want to see. All that other stuff, you know, just just <laughs> us, you know, I, I don't get into it, you know. And Jaron doesn't get into it. He just wants to work, and he wants to be successful, and he wants the team to win first, and everything else will work out the way it's supposed to. So because he is a phenomenal athlete, that means he can run, too, obviously. And uh, he can also throw. I think uh, we just got uh, Ralph sent us a text that, that you and hey, your son, the only father's son to run. Uh, uh, KJ was uh, rushing for over a thousand or a hundred yards uh, in a game, mm-hmm. and and so with Jaron having that ability, uh, how much do you think that he's going to be able to use that? Uh, because you know BYU wants to get the ball downfield through the air, but yet Kalen can obviously move on his feet. Yeah. So Jaron has always been a pass first quarterback. Although he's all you know, people have said oh he's a dual threat guy, and you know he can run. He's an athlete, so forth and so on. But, look, he, like, from the time he was eight years old, he's always passed first and ran second. And nothing's going to change. You know, he, he will use his legs when he needs to. I mean, make no mistake about it. Um, Jaron, he can run. Now, he can, you know, defenses get a little too tight. You know, they blitz a little too much and they miss and he slips a tackle. You know, rather than going 10-15, he's going to take it 65-70. I mean, he can run. But at the end of the day, the options are always to distribute the ball to the talent that you have around you. And that's always going to be who he is as a, as a quarterback. He's got to make sure his guys get the ball in positions to where they can be successful, you know, uh, execute the game plan the way it needs to be executed. But bear in mind, if he needs to get up out of there, he's going to have to get up out of there and run. And he has no problem with that. So Peyton Manning was your guy. Was Peyton Manning – his guy, or did he have his own guy? No, you know, he's, you know, honestly, um, his guy has always been Russell Wilson, you know, because of a lot of the similarities uh, that they have. He's always been a fan of, you know, Russell Williams' work ethic, uh, his principles as a faith-driven man, even though he's a uh, mega celebrity, but he's always, you know, kept Christ first in all of his uh, conversations with anyone that's always been like a, a draw for Jaron and the fact that, you know, he's just a lights out uh, all pro quarterback that has overcome some adversities, you know, based on what people have perceived about Russell. And, uh, you know, that that whole 
um, it embodies who Jared is. You know, he, he looks at Russell and a lot of things he's accomplished and the things he's gone through, and he's like, you know what, that's a similar track that I've been on in my life. So Russell is his guy. So how are you going to be in the stands? You going to be nervous? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, who's who's to say? You know, I sometimes you're nervous, sometimes you're not. I, you know, my wife will be nervous, Holly will be, but for me, again, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. Like I like I told Jared, I was like, son, I, I I'm not nervous about like the quarterback situation. I'm not nervous about the competition. I'm not nervous about the season. I mean, because for me, man, I've always known that you're going to be where you're at today. I mean, it's like it's a confidence that. I've had because I've just I've seen his success. I've seen him, and I've seen his hard work, man. I've you know a lot of people don't see the things that 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 this young man does, and I see his humility and the fact that you know what he puts the Lord first always, and he's just a good kid. And I know there's some good things that are going to come for him here at BYU and for this program. And you know I just look forward for the successes for all the young men. So a lot of things have changed since you played. Also, some things haven't. But one thing that's definitely changed is the whole name, image, and likeness thing. Have you given any advice on that? It seems like there's a chance that could be a major plus for a lot of athletes. It also seems like there's a chance it could be disruptive in a locker room that already has issues. We'll probably see that across the country in some places this year. What have you thought about that, and how have you talked to them about that? I mean, honestly, I don't like it. You know, I don't like the name, image, and likeness um, um, scenario that has been, you know, that has been brought up by the NCA, and ultimately that has come through, you know, some outsiders that have decided that this is something that they wanted to utilize to benefit college football. But being that it's there, um, I think that it just needs to be, uh, you know, you just need to be careful about it because at the end of the day, football is a team sport. And, you know, why are the guys that are protecting the quarterback not being uh, benefited as much as the quarterback or the running back or the receivers? I mean, and in a lot of places, the quarterback is always well-revered. But, you know, you know, there's 11 guys on the field, always. And I believe that Kalani's done a magnificent job um, of Ohana X and putting, you know, more to life to help and to benefit the sum of the all, which is, you know, all 123 players, you know, with that built bar endorsement that they got. That's just awesome. Who does that? You know, and it's genuine and authentic for BYU. And I just told Jaron, actually, I didn't need to, even need to tell Jaron. Jaron was the type of guy, he's like, Dad, uh, you know, can you take care of that NIL stuff? I need to worry about football. And, you know, some things are going to come. That would be great. But at the end of the day, you know, we need to win football games. And my brothers and I need to be able to be comfortable in our locker room and know that, you know, we got each other's back, you know, because monetary things sometimes can come between human natures, right? And uh, it could be something, to your point, that could be a distraction in the locker room. And, and I guarantee it's going to be a distraction. You got more young people thinking about their endorsement deals and not enough putting time into the game, preparation, the extra work, and all the little integral details that it takes to be a team and a unit. But I could say this. Those young men over at BYU, I think they've gone by it the right way. Um, they've got a pro- they have an exceptional good chemistry going. And this NIL thing has not affected those young people over there, at least from the little bit that I've heard and what I've seen. And, you know, i got several nephews on the team, and, you know, I, I talk to the boys. And so they got a really good vibe over there. So, I mean, I guess it's a good thing on one, on one level. But, again, I think it can get really out of hand. But BYU's done an amazing job of processing – 
uh, the, 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 the young people to the point where they're keeping them focused on the right things. And now bear in mind, Jaron's got some things that are going to be coming out, you know, just because it is what it is. I mean, he's a charismatic young person and, you know, folks want to, you know, utilize some of his talents and skill sets. But, uh, you know, in large part, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, you got to go with what's going on right now, right? So. Well, Kalen, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on, and uh, good luck to your family and Jaron as the season unfolds. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys, and uh, you guys have a blessed day. Kalen Hall, former BYU running back. His son, Jaron, is now BYU's starting quarterback. If you missed it, the Utah depth chart came out earlier today. We will get you up to speed on that next. Stay with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There wasn't a lot of separation. You know, they both guys had good camps. They both played well. Both had their down moments. Both had their good moments. Thought it was good overall for both of them. Uh, we just made this decision. We think it's for the best for the team right now moving forward. But we have two good quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that we can win with. And uh, unfortunately, you can't play with two. There's league rules and there's my rules. They ain't going anywhere. We're on the same as last year. I don't give a crap if they're vaccinated or not. They ain't going anywhere. Bruce Arians right there, Bucks coach after kicker Ryan Suckup, who was vaccinated, tested positive for the virus. Bruce wants to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and he doesn't want to be losing players for any reason, so nobody's leaving a hotel. Family's not coming on the road. I'm locking you guys down until we win it all. Biggest shocker is that he said crap. <laughs> He's Bruce Arians. That was a little bit of a shock, yes. Because you ex- thought he would have said, <laughs> there's not an actual expletive in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, that was Vic Fangio with the uh, what, what coaches have to say this time of year. That's what they say when there's a quarterback battle. Very little separation. It's very tight. Yeah. We got two guys we can win with. Well, we're all past that now, and it's, it, it, it is time to play games. Yes! Please play games. Yes. Please play games. We have a few games. I'm going to be watching uh, UC Los Angeles and Hawaii. Absolutely. And uh, Southern Utah Southern and San, San Jose. Jose State. San Jose had a great season last year. They There's did. no question about that, man. And so, and Southern Utah obviously is a state school. And so I'll be watching that later in the evening. And probably catch Nebraska and uh, Illinois. Conference game. Week zero. Weird. Yeah. And I want to see how it, how these deals of these illegal practices during the pandemic affects Nebraska. It'll give me a little insight on the Sun Devils because uh, I don't know if they had illegal practices, but they were recruiting or they got caught recruiting. Leave it that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they got caught. Three Mountain West teams playing. Mentioned San Jose and Hawaii. Fresno State's playing UConn. Week one. They should kill them. You would think. They're favored by 27 and a half. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me? 
That's huge. I didn't realize it was that big. Oh, I thought you were mocking. Yeah, Fresno's favored by 27 and a half. No. Yeah, when you no. said you kill them, I thought it's, you'd looked at it because, yes, no. they should. It's a four-touchdown spread, yeah. Yeah, they're at home against UConn, and they had to run them off the field. And UConn hasn't played since 2019. Right, that's more and more of what I was going on, and their program seems like they're de-emphasizing football. And right. So I just, no, I didn't know it was that big. Yeah. UCLA by 17 and No, a half. I haven't looked at any odds this week. UCLA by 17 and a half, San Jose State by 23 and a half over Southern Utah. Nebraska is a one touchdown favorite over Illinois. And no, I have not memorized this. I'm looking at it on a computer right now. UTEP by 10 over New Mexico State. That's the one game that isn't uh, televised. Everything else is Ooh. somewhere CBS Sports Network, ESPN, Fox. That's whatever. not being televised? Nope. UTEP at New Mexico State. It's streaming on like Flow Football or something. Yeah, Aggie Vision. It's yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to get on that, man. Yeah, okay. You want to watch the Miners and the Aggies play? That's a rivalry game. He's yeah, been to both those places. It is a rivalry. Wait, game. have you been to Las Cruces? Yeah, wasn't he yeah. 40, 50 miles apart? Yeah, yeah they are. But yeah. New Mexico State is yeah. not good. I wonder if the Pac Pac-12 can create a little more value by offering up more than one game on Week Zero. What do you mean? When the networks need Oh, down the line. Content. Okay, yeah. I thought you meant this week. <laughs> yeah, week zero. I mean, they're giving ESPN a game at one thirty, so that creates some value there. But maybe ESPN doesn't want a 6 He's o'clock always game. thinking money, this guy. That's Jeez. what college football is all about, big guy. How about life, big guy? Or bigger guy? <laughs> bigger guy? Start in. We got you two deeps, and you've decided let's waste time on uh, fat jokes. <laughs> Body I shame. I, I can't help it. When people come at me, I only know of one thing. It's, I wish it weren't that way, but I can't help it. I apologize for the rest of my life. <laughs> but when I feel attacked, I come back. <laughs> the youth sent out the two deep this morning in the eight o'clock hour. I want the three deep and the four deep. Charlie Brewer is the starting quarterback, and Cam Rising is the backup. At running back, you get your four-deep PK. They don't list them in alphabetical order, and they don't list them in numerical order, so I don't know if this matters or if it's just totally random, but they're all in bold, so they're all starters, and after their name, it says or, so Micah Bernard or Tavian Thomas or TJ Pleasure or Chris Curry. It's not Micah, isn't it? Mackay. Mackay Bernard. Spelled Micah, it's spelled Micah, it's Mackay, yes. That always gets me, too. Mackay Bernard is the first name listed. Been in the program the longest. Makes sense. But Ludwig told us there's a battle for the third team. I want to know who it is. We just found out that Jackson Dart has been named the backup at USC. Nice. The heir apparent until they get five other five-star quarterbacks in there in the offseason. Well, we uh, we ran the uh, the bite with uh, Dave Peck, who's coaching at Bingham again, and Bingham's playing your Corner Canyon Chargers. You told and me it's the game of the year. The game of the year. I don't know that it's the game of the year. I think Lone Peak Corner Canyon would be a big game. But this is a, it's a game of the week. It is a huge game, and it could be the game of the year. Um, Gene as far as regular, was calling me about it. As far as regular season, I assume when... <laughs> Gene. Can you pick me up at the airport like Rick did back in the day? Gino and I go way back. It's a huge game. But what, would, what was Peck saying? You, 
that they just sent one USC commit off to USC, and they get another quarterback who moves in, and he looks like he's going to be a USC kid too. They've always got a USC quarterback. Right, but it's verbal, so he can change and blah, blah, blah. But yes, he has all But not every USC quarterback pans out. That's true. And not every USC quarterback goes to Corner Canyon. It just seems like it. So, but that's a big move. You're, that's the best you but can hope for when you're a when freshman. When Slovis is there and you're a you're, freshman, you're competing for the backup. So the right. the literal competition that he could win, he won. Yes. The ceiling was not the roof. The ceiling was second string. No, Slovis it's a little bit different guy. with uh, Utah because whoever wins that third job, uh, you still got rising ahead of you, mm-hmm. eligibility wise. Uh, and then they've also uh, they recruited like the world's fastest human from Fresno or something to play quarterback, and so that it, always raises an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes on and on. I know, point. but if you're that good an athlete, you play quarterback in high school. That's quarterback and running back where they put the great athletes. So college coaches will go out and recruit quarterbacks and running backs, but they're not always looking at them as quarterbacks and running backs. Sure, yeah, I'll they, give you a no, shot. they are for know. the first couple of weeks, right. and then when you realize, hey, I'm never going to get on the field. Then you're a safety. Then you're susceptible to be willing to change, and then and they change fi- you, right. and then and, you become a star. And you fans are, are riding in their cars thinking, that's our Kyle. <laughs> he got a fast guy. That guy doesn't win the job pretty quick. He'll be a fast and, guy and, in know, the I secondary. listen to the, what those guys say. Absolutely. Because they, they might end up sending you to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Jerry Hughes story at the TCU. He called his father after the third day. Dad, they don't have me playing running back. Well, what did he say? Patterson said, I'm going to play in the NFL. I said, yeah. He said, well, you're a defensive end. What should I do, Dad? You're a defensive end, son. Is he still playing in the great, NFL? Great advice. I, I think he is a decade in. Yeah. He was Buffalo. He was Buffalo for a long time, yeah. He, he's, yeah. he was a star in college for sure. Yeah, That was back when... Uh, I don't know if had a good thing going on back then. Jerry Hughes single-handedly beat BYU two years in a row, it felt yeah. like. He's still he's still in Buffalo. Yeah. 33, just turned 33 in August. Yeah, if you're in the NFL and you're playing at 33. 33. Yeah. <laughs> You've crushed it. Yeah, hats off to you. So who cares what the kid plays? But the point is, they just recruit quarterbacks. You have to recruit quarterbacks every year. Look at BYU. What do they got, like nine guys on scholarship, man? They, got, they literally have five quarterbacks on scholarship, don't they? That's great. I believe they do, yes. Five on scholarship, but we seven in the program overall. So but it's like Kyle yeah. says, this isn't the NFL. There's no waiver wire. You got what you got. So well, Aaron's well, told us all, waiver, waiver yeah, wire. the transfer portal. I mean, everybody knows Conover is going to go back home and he's going to start next year for the Sun Devils. You're be, just throwing that out there to cause trouble. <laughs> he's going to be number 17 <laughs> for the Sun Devils next people year. People literally don't know that. That job <laughs> is going to be open. We're going to stay here. Uh, he's been, what? He's been here two years. At that point, you ought to have found your eternal sweetheart. So so then you go down to Tempe and you take over. It's waiting for you, man. The high school coach is the running backs coach on the team. I mean, come on. The, you're Look a guy you who go. knows two and two equals four. I would like to have an off-air conversation <laughs> with Aaron Roderick right now. Go ahead. Kalani's, go too, Kalani's too nice. <laughs> well, bringing me back to my original point, though. Although that would be more spectacular if he said what I thought he'd say. A-Rod's told you guys in the past he will take a quarterback in every recruiting class. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. part of the plan. He understands that you can never have too many guys. Oh, they've got they've got their quarterbacks mapped out to twenty twenty five. Now it could change certainly. Oh yeah, they'll could, be remapping. But they they know who they're recruiting and who they believe they have a good chance to get. 
So, and this year too, that's why this year is so huge for these guys because if they look really good offensively, I don't believe Aaron Roderick is going anywhere and he's got control of the offense. Kalani has confidence in him, blah, blah, blah. They have a tight, tight relationship. And so it is all set up for them to where certainly the LDS kid is going to pay a lot of attention to them. And they're set up to, to reel in some guys, man. If they look good this year, this is a this is a critical year. This year can back up last year. Plus, it can it can set up for them in the future because I believe that uh, Aaron Roderick has a personal situation that uh, dictates basically that he stay in the community. And so, with that in mind, you don't have to worry about him. The 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 you wanted Grimes to leave for another coordinator position because that many succeeded. You didn't want him to leave for an offensive line position because that might have been he didn't succeed. But you knew he was going to come here and he was going to and he was super ready for the job, no question about it. And so he was going to have success and he was going to take off. And sure enough, it happened. The second they hired him, that was going to. It's like Urban Meyer, the, the same similar uh, principle on a higher level that. We didn't think it would be two years, but nevertheless, it was. And so, but my point is, I think Aaron Roderick is here to stay. And so, you can really build on this thing. Grimes came to BYU with a three-year plan and did it exactly yeah. how he thought it was going to yeah. go. And he went home to Texas. Everybody feels good about him. Uh, good luck, good luck for Baylor and all that stuff. I, I got another guy I got to root for. I got so many freaking guys now because I've been around forever that I got to root for because Grimes was as good as they come as a person. That's certainly to me he was. Baylor, Virginia, Utah, BYU, Utah State, Arizona State, Weber State. I know six teams you're rooting for for sure, but I I feel like I'm missing a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes out there that have moved around. So, uh, yeah, see what happens. My rooting doesn't matter. So, uh, But I want all these guys that I know to succeed. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Quit spending time sorting pills. Call Ochre Mountain Pharmacy today and have them sort and deliver your custom prescription blister packs free of charge. Call them at 801-252-1000. That's Ochre Mountain Pharmacy. Got multiple questions up today. BYU's named the starting quarterback. Utah's about to release the two deep. Obviously, they have now. Are you good with the way the quarterback derbies have played out? And Bart says, I'm good with the quarterback pick at Utah. Don't give a rat's behind a pick about the pick by the team down south. <laughs> well, not there on your schedule. Yeah, I know. And that kind of bitterness, I think, suggests to me that the game is getting closer. We're almost there. I mean, I pay attention... And I probably would do it. Obviously, it's work, so it's a little different situation for me. But just as a fan, I would be interested in who the Pac-12 quarterback or the yeah the 12 quarterbacks. Yeah, are if there's in the Pac-12. a Pac-12 quarterback, especially in the South, but really anywhere in the Pac-12, if there's a a quarterback derby, you're always curious how it plays out. Yeah, and 16 days to the rivalry game. I just think there's more tension, so there's more. That's what I'm hearing from Bart right there. Bart's getting his game face on, getting fired up. Who cares about those guys? I mean, the truth is he does because he wants his guys to win. And it's all relative. All right. How good are they? How good are we? 
Let's go to Delilah on the open mic. Delilah? The Holy War is alive and well, and I'm with the Lord's team. Magic is going to happen on September 11th, and they're going to be pumping our gas after. <laughs> so, PK, that was Patrick for you. Patrick! I disguised my voice. I really want BYU to win so bad. Uh, got a lot of reaction. Tony Fina went to Ruth Chris to celebrate his win on Monday. First breakthrough after five years. And then he did need to double down. Turned out Literally. he couldn't sleep. He was fired up. He needed another meal at 3 a.m. Who don't? McDonald's. Yuck. Rattle through us that uh, you seem to have memorized that. Well, I, it was all over the place yesterday. Yeah. So he had a Big Mac, a double quarter pounder with cheese. Cheese. <laughs> I know, right? Ten, and at that point, I'm already like, oh. <laughs> ten nuggets, so ten McNuggets. They're a large French fry. I believe it was an Oreo McFlurry. Mm-hmm. And just to top yeah. it off, a bottle of water. Well, That's you got a little sugar there. You need some water to help your body drink that. You should have just gotten a, like a Diet Coke with it, you know? I, I actually leave here. There's, there's a Mickey D's two or three blocks away. I want to just go through the thing, not to order anything, but just to add up all the calories because they put them on their menu. You can do it online. Is it all available online? Yeah, McDonald's.com's got all the nutritional information. Why didn't we do this earlier this morning? This would have been hilarious. What is that, like 3,000 calories at 3 a.m.? Hmm. That's a rough one, what? But uh, he probably works out like a fiend so he can handle it. I just think I would get sick. It was a double quarter pounder. Double quarter pounder what with it? cheese. What's what's a double? It's quarter two patties, pounder? so it's a half pound burger. So that and the Big Mac's five fifty, and that's seven forty. So you're already at about thirteen hundred calories. Oh, that's not, Big Mac's only five hundred calories. Five hundred fifty calories. Yeah, in a Big it Mac. alone it's only five hundred. The whole thing, including the bread. I'm, I'm, I went to the website, like yeah, you said. I said McDonald's, McDonald's menu yeah. calories. I, I Googled it. It says Big Mac, 550 calories. Double quarter pounder with cheese, 740. French fries is where it gets you, though. What the French fries will get you. Um, what are they? I haven't, I'm, I'm looking here. He's I don't see them yet. <laughs> I thought Big Mac would be more than that. I did, too, honestly. I'd, most people, I think. The double cheese ba- burger is 450, so you can really slim down there. Yeah. Um, so if you ate, a, you could have a Big Mac a day and then just go well, easy did the rest mo- of the day they and you're mo- okay. They did a movie on that. I, no, no, did you see the dude recently who has eaten 32,000 Big Macs? He's eaten a Big Mac every day for years. No. 32,000 of them. The McFlurry is listed as 340 to 640 I, calories. So is there some... I have no idea what a McFlurry is. It's their milkshake. Oh. I think it's probably what you have in it. He said, I think he said an Oreo one, but... The French fries is what I'm wondering about. How many calories those? I'm looking. I'm looking back. for the come fries. Come on, come on, here. come on, come on. And large fry. So he went all the way to the top. I don't see him. Uh, well, you can probably find it somewhere. Yep. It's a lot of calories. Yeah, you're 31. And, and like you said, he works out six like four. And, and he had the adrenaline going that day. Just burned right through it, probably. Yeah. Probably sprinted from his hotel anyway. Now, now, Tony, how often do you do that? Do you only do that when you win? What? Eat that or yeah. sprint? Where are you going? Robert says he'd go to Red Lobster. Okay, sure, yeah. I expected a lot of Olive Garden, Gordon Hayward jokes, but we didn't get them. Oh, Definitely gross. Wendy's four for four, Simeon says. <laughs> Wait, what is that? It's their 
value menu. Of what am I getting? You get a burger, fries, nuggets, and a drink, I think. Oh. Four for four. My personalized license plates. There it is. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're done today. Scotty and Hans are about to get started right here on The Zone Sports Network.